It's time for another edition of Transfer Thursday. Woody Womack and Mike Farrell. Mike, the portal is heating up. We got a busy week. Started off right away. Clemson running back, Lynn J. Dixon, former four-star, hit the portal. Pretty clear he fell out of favor. Will Shipley kind of passed him on the depth chart. But this is a productive guy who looked like he was had star potential there. Yeah, he shown he can do it. You know, he was a backup to Travis Etienne. Uh, he's got over a thousand yards in Power Five. Um, CJ Spiller and he didn't see eye to eye. He was told to grow up last week, and he grew up right into the portal. I don't know if he was ushered there or you know if this was his idea, but you know, you look at Oklahoma State where he uh, originally looked at Tennessee, where he was originally committed to. This is different than the spring portal and the summer portal, though, because they, they've got time. You know, now they can sort of see how the season plays out and you don't have to jump to another team immediately. But as we reach this four game, as you know, uh, you know, this four game uh, plateau, uh, the Martavis Bryant, so to speak, four game plateau, you're going to see a lot more of these kids jumping in. Yeah, and of course, once he hits the portal, all of a sudden the reports of, you know, oh, he was in the doghouse. It's like. Why don't you tell me that before he hits? Can someone let me know? Like, let's let's be proactive on that and let us know why he wasn't. Because I was watching them play. And I was like, why isn't Lynn J. Dixon playing at all? Well, um, the, the baby stuff came out before he officially hit the portal. But obviously it was, you know, there, there was something there where he was not. A, he's not happy. He just got passed over on the depth chart, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, listen, I don't know C.J. Spiller anymore knew him in high school but i imagine he doesn't play and he's very proud at you know the running back tradition at clemson this guy didn't fit so i went down real quick when he was in high school he was from way down in the middle of nowhere like maybe like three or four hours from my house and uh he was on this team with a quarterback who went to troy and he's still there actually that's what that would be my guess on where he ends up uh <laughs> yeah. troy if I had to guess, but anyway, the kid's dad was the sheriff of the county. So I remember I was running late to the game and I texted the kid's dad and he was like, Oh, don't worry about it. If you get pulled over, just give me a call. Nice. <laughs> I was hauling ass down there in Butler County or wherever it was in South Georgia, but I went to that game and he was awesome to watch in person, uh, super shifty. And obviously he had more than a thousand yards in college. So I, I think, I think a team would gladly take him, um, but I don't know. I mean, the way it shook out is kind of surprising to me, so that's one to watch. Uh, moving on, Oregon State picks up uh, former four-star Andrew Chatfield, a productive player at Florida. We talked about him when he hit the portal. Oregon State does a lot of work in the portal. I like this addition, even though it's pretty far from home for him. Yeah, you know, it's almost one of those things where he's he's a tweener at the SEC level, but a perfect fit in the Pac-12, which I know doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with a whole different set of athletes. You're dealing with a whole different size of athlete. And, and Sheffield was very effective, you know, at times uh, as an undersized defensive end and, and not a great stand-up linebacker. And, and he, you know, the one knock against him was he wasn't long. So Oregon state's been a, a pretty good program uh, by their standards over the last couple of years. And they've done a good job at the portal. Um, so, you know, it is kind of a, a long distance to travel, but I think he's going to be a good fit for, for PAC 12 and for what they do defensively versus what Florida wanted to do. 
Yeah, and I like this is the kind of guy that Oregon State needs. I mean, they just need talent on the roster. We've seen them, you know, they took a lot of the Nebraska uh, defectees. And Calabrasca. Calabrasca. Yeah, Calabrasca. Chatfield's a nice addition. Uh, so so good job, Beavs. Uh, moving on, Lane Kiffin had some transfer comments. He decided uh, to take some shots, at uh, maybe shots. I don't know how, how we'll read them. We'll read up his quote here. He said that Alabama, now they get to cherry pick players for any holes they may have, like an Ohio State receiver, uh, which would be Jameson Williams, or a Tennessee linebacker uh, like Henry To'o To'o. Uh, now it's not only like they get the best draft picks, but they get to go into free agency and take players. So it's really going to set up one of the most talented teams ever, which is why we're getting ready to play. <laughs> Thoughts, yeah. Mike? Well, I mean, he's people are saying, you know, Alabama went on the road and struggled. They barely won. Uh, this is not an elite football team, all this other garbage. And, and Saban's going to use that to his advantage. Um, you know, Kiffin knows rat poison. Um, you know, he, he coached under Saban. He, he psychological warfare. He's saying this is a very, very talented roster. So don't give me this garbage about, um, you know, that this isn't your typical Alabama team that could just run through the SEC, go undefeated, win a national championship. That, you know, they're very talented. And, and Jamison Williams – they needed a speedy slot guy because they had a lot of freshman wide receivers and and obviously Mechie's an outside guy. They went and got Jamison Williams. He's panned out pretty well. Uh, and then the big battle for Henry Tuototo uh, <laughs> with Ohio State. Um, he's okay. <laughs> well, These guys aren't world breakers. We're not talking about first rounders here. So I get what Kiffin's doing. He's not. I mean, he's not dumb. But Kiffin is playing the game. I mean. You know, this is what he does, and it's smart to do. Um, he's, he's, he's counteracting what, what the antidote to rat poison is saying that Alabama is not good. So he's trying to counteract the antidote to rat poison and spread some rat poison around and make them think that they're good. I, I don't know. None of it matters. It's just fun to talk about. I'm so sick of the rat poison thing. So I love the rat poison. The I don't know why. Ever. So, uh, all right. Real quick, before we wrap up, we only got like a minute left, Mike. Couple quarterbacks uh, quit this week. Charlie Brewer at, had transferred from Baylor to Utah. He was the starter. Uh, he won the starting job. He ends up getting benched uh, for another transfer uh, from Texas, and now he quit the team. Went in and quit the team. And Bailey Hawkman, who had been at Florida State, NC State, went to MTSU, also got benched halfway through his game, and he's he's quitting all the sport altogether. So, what yeah. do you think of these guys, Mike? Well, Charlie Brewer was a good quarterback at Baylor. He was fun to watch under Matt Rule. You know, he got knocked around. Uh, you know, the concussions were scary. Uh, he came back. He gave it a shot at Utah, lost a job. Now he's, I don't know what the market is for him. It's certainly not power five anymore to me. Um, you know, he's going to have to drop down if he wants to continue playing and, and clear medical too, um, as he did when he went to Utah. But Bailey Hawkman was just never good. I'm sorry. Just... That was a typical example of Florida State recruiting players that weren't Florida State caliber at the quarterback position, um, you know, and now he's he's at the group of five level and he can't compete there. And so, I mean, people get upset with these guys quitting on their football teams, but come on. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're at MTSU and you lose the starting job or you can't break the, the lineup as a starter, I mean, it's time to give up. 
All right. I wish you would have given up talking a few seconds earlier <laughs> so we could have got under the 10 minute mark, but that's okay. Ouch. <laughs> I'll do some creative editing. All right, that wraps it up for Transfer Thursday. We'll be back with another episode next week. Be sure to follow Mike and follow the Rivals Portal account for the latest in Portal news. Bye, Mike. See ya. It's time for Flashback Friday here at Rivals.com, and we are talking about Justin Fields, former five-star. He will be making his NFL starting debut for the Chicago Bears this weekend. Mike, when we remember Justin as a player, what's the first thing that pops to mind for you? First thing for me is the uh, five-star challenge in Indianapolis. Um, not just not being able to use the indoor facilities and having to use the porta potty that Andrew Luck used, but also the competition between him and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they, they were very – well, Justin was competitive. Trevor is a competitive person, but I don't think he cared as much about the one versus two battle uh, in the country in that class. Um, but – it came down to the end. Justin Fields hits Amon Ross St. Brown uh, with a great pass to win the, the seven on seven. And we give Trevor the MVP because he was better in the one on ones in the earlier session. And Justin Fields was not happy and neither was his dad, but competitive fire. So when it came out, you know, that he, he wasn't the first guy to the building and he wasn't that competitive, all that garbage that I think Dan Orlovsky threw out there that he had heard. We never saw ridiculous. that. Yeah, we never saw that. Justin, okay, so <laughs> this, is how, this is how much that s- stuck with him. I saw him at the Home Depot Awards thing uh, after his sophomore year at Ohio State. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm still mad I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't get that award. I mean, he was still mad about it. And of course, he did a commercial uh, where he busted out his rival's belt, uh, which was a big deal uh, when he was talking about his most prized possessions. So um, that was cool as well. But I remember he missed the Atlanta camp. That was the camp, of course, where we had uh, Matt Corral and Trevor Lawrence and Emory Jones and Harrison Bailey. And he wasn't there because he had something else going on. I think it was baseball. And so he was supposed to come to the camp in Charlotte and then he had a baseball game the day before and he got hurt. He had hurt his ankle. Um, and then he came anyway the next day and he was kind of gimping around. And if you watch the video, I remember, I think you even commented on it during the draft process, you know, uh, you were like, Oh, look at this video, blah, blah, blah. But he was hurt during that time. So that the whole anonymous, <laughs> stupid anonymous scouts worried about his. That was one of the dumbest things I've, I've ever heard. That just shows like this is my problem with NFL teams allegedly do all this homework. They don't do that much homework because I mean, look at Isaiah Wilson. You know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it, uh, stuff stuff slips through the cracks. But anyway, well, getting we back didn't to know. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, you could do all these checks on 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 kids and all this other stuff. Some of it's legit, some of it's not. It, you know, that's clearly not legitimate. It never was about Justin Fields. I mean, he transferred for a reason. It's because he wanted to play. Um, he was very, very competitive throughout everything we ever did. I, I remember insisting on giving out the awards that year um, in Indianapolis because I wanted to be in a picture with Trevor Lawrence. Um <laughs> because I knew how good he was going to be. And I remember the stink eye that Justin Fields gave me when I announced him as the quarterback MVP. And I'm like, well, you're going to be good too. He should have been the number two pick in the draft over Zach Wilson. I mean, he slid 
it wasn't because of the work ethic things and all that stuff. But sometimes you just you dig too deep um, and you think too much. And there was no question for us that in, in this draft, it should have been Lawrence Fields. So going back to when he first popped on the scene, um, I'm not sure he'd even started yet in high school, like full time, at least. I know he played a little bit and uh, we were having it was back in the QB challenge days. And that was hard. We'd have to fill a camp with 100 quarterbacks or however many it was, 75 to 100. 75. Yeah, there's not that many. You know, there's not 75 FBS quarterbacks in in Georgia or whatever or wherever we were. And so I remember uh, I hit up Ron Veal, who's a quarterback coach here in Atlanta, Coach Trevor as well. And I said, hey, mate, I said, who are some young guys, you know, who you got for me, basically? (laughs) And Justin was one of the guys he sent. And if you look back at the video, he's at the same event as Trevor Lawrence and uh, Mac Jones uh, at that regional QB challenge event. That was the first time you had ever seen Trevor, I think, in person. Uh, actually, no, it was, the, it was the year after that. Trevor was already number one at that point. But, uh, but anyway, fast forward a few months, we invite him to the underclassman challenge. He comes there. Trevor was also there. He did pretty well. That was in the Georgia Dome. And we were filling out that Rivals 250, the initial one. We needed like eight guys, ten guys at the end. We wanted to take a shot on him. We ended up putting him in there. So there, uh, he started out as a four-star. And there was always this narrative that, oh, he, went, he was a three-star, committed to Penn State. No, maybe on some sites he was. Not on our side. He did not come out of nowhere. We knew who he was. Uh, plenty of schools wanted him when he was still committed to Penn State. Yeah, then, you know, obviously his recruitment took off uh, as his, as his, after his junior year and in, in that summer before his senior year. But, I mean, this was a guy we were on from the time he was a sophomore in high school. So it's just funny how the story changes over the years because other people were sleeping. He was a sleeper even though we were awake. And how different would the Big Ten have been if he went to Penn State? Oh, man. They had Trace McSorley, who was a good quarterback and and a good player, but it would have been difference-making, certainly, for the Nittany Lions, and I think you would have seen maybe a couple Big Ten titles. Yeah, that was a great early eval by Penn State, too. I mean, and they wanted him badly, and unfortunately they they didn't keep him, but – you know, the, the pull down here for him to go to Georgia was crazy. I mean, you know, every they needed him. They wanted him so bad. And they got him. And we saw the way it didn't work out there. And, you know, Kirby Smart probably should have made the change, a la Kelly Bryant, to Trevor Lawrence. Because it was almost identical situation where, you know, Jake Fromm brought him to the national championship game. You know, Kelly Bryant had taken Clemson to the playoff. Um yeah, but the you had to you got to go with the talent ultimately. Well, and the Bears have been using fields like uh, Kirby did. You, 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 I don't know if you watch any NFL, but he's freaking running the ball every. And I'm like, what are you doing? Come on, this right. guy. I think he's not a dual threat. Have, he's a pro style quarterback. Right. Well, he can really run. I mean, he is, he, he does pack a punch when he can run. But so can Trevor. He, but they're both right. pro style quarterbacks to me. Right. Uh, so anyway, we're looking forward to seeing how Justin does. I mean, it just was, it's a, he's a great story. I'm glad he's getting a chance to start. I hope, uh, hope he keeps that job and doesn't give it back. But, uh, you know, I've seen him a couple times over the last few years and still, still a nice guy. Great as ever. And, uh, 
I think, boy, Chicago needs him, right? They need a good quarterback. They haven't had he's going to be good. There's little doubt in my mind he's going to be good. Um, just based on the preseason evaluation, he's going to be very, very good. All right, we'll see. We'll be watching, and be sure to stay locked into Rivals.com. Every week we'll be doing Flashback Friday. Thanks, Mike. Yep.